Acupuncture. Acupuncture is the original biohack. Binaural beats. Nootropics. Tom, can you even spell nootropics? Supplements. Psychedelics. They told us not to take drugs. Now there's all this research on taking drugs. Science of compounding. Orgasmic meditation. Individual results may vary. <laughs> and a whole bunch of other stuff we find interesting. I don't want to spend 12 grand to shine a red light on my junk. Just a couple of guys talking about somewhat strange health stuff. There's something weird here, but I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> Irreverent Health starts now. Hey, Tom. Hey, Matt. What's up? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, man. Pretty good. It's cool. been a good week. It has been a good week, yeah. What? Yeah. Anything special sitting out or what? You know, like normally February is a slow time for, for our clinic. It's just a seasonal thing. It's very odd. After 21 years, it always happens. But uh, I haven't been able to sit down at the office in the last two weeks, so I'm pretty happy yeah. about that. Well, that's that's a terrible thing to say to on a health podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sitting kills you. Sitting kills you. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Tom? <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I mean, listen, I, I am, I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm outdoors, you know, four days a week right now skiing. Cause there's only a few weekends left. So it's vitamin D and snowboard for me, man. I'm, I'm pretty jealous of that. Oh, I'm, I love it. I, I said to myself, I'm like, I haven't done a strength exercise in like um, two months. And then I'm like, yeah, but I skied 30,000 feet last weekend and uh, 15,000 feet. The week. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're probably it. all right. Yeah. yeah right. So you and I could blabber on for miles on end, but I would like to not do that right now because we've got uh, a very awesome friend joining us this evening. Yeah. So um, Dr. Susan Lavelle, hello. How are you? Marvelous. Marvelous. Uh, Thank you so much. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you here because not only do we get to like ask you really weird health questions, but I love your story. It's such a cool thing and I can't wait to get into it. And honestly, you know, if I'm... It, it, just laying it out there, Tom, you tell me what you think, but like Susan is kind of the reason why we got energized about this topic and how we started this is people like her with these kinds of passions that are mm -hmm. just digging in on stuff that we just, it some intrinsic level no is right, but we just are going down the rabbit hole figuring out why is it right? Like, how is it right? Where yeah. can it be better? So honestly, she is, if I had to paint a straight line down the middle of my interest level of this field, she kind of hits a lot of those boxes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, am I wrong here? Like, I mean, it kind of seems, you know, I wish there was more of this out there and I do feel we'll get into this in a minute, but I feel like this is where it's kind of going. Anyway, that, so. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You're starting to see degrees in lifestyle medicine. And I think we're all circling around this. How do we live a better, happier, healthier life? Yeah, totally. So, you know what, I, that, that is as good a place as any to just dive right in here. Mm -hmm. How you doing? I am marvelous. Thank you. Great. I, um, I liked your story, but I would love to hear it from you. Can you just kind of give us a, give us the elevator speech on how, how you got here? Cause you do have a sort of an interesting path. <laughs> it, it, it's a little different. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You are exactly right. Um, although, and I'm going to, I'm not going to make this the long, long, long story, but at six years old, I knew I wanted to be a doctor because I fell in love with my pediatrician and I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And he said when I was six, that if I came back to him for medical school, that he would write me a letter. Wow. And 20 plus years later, he did. Wow. No way. So, I mean, that was that's amazing. I got into it. But in that 20 years, there was something completely different. I was a professional ballet dancer for about 14 years mm. um, within there. And that was because, um, you know, I used to love watching cartoons on Saturday mornings and my mom did not like me watching them. So she took me to dance class. And that built into something where I literally traveled the world for these many, many yeah, years. I that. Yeah. Um, and, and you but, know what, what a great, yeah. I mean, like how many, you know, I know that you do see professional athletes and I, I think you're definitely in the category of professional athlete, artistic professional athlete, but like uh, so many people do end up leading these sort of second life health journeys that are, that are just, 
so much better than their first version, but there is a bunch of people that go the opposite way too. You see like these old retired football players that used to be ripped and they're just these mm. giant beer bellies <laughs> just hanging out. So, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to see that you came from there and, and where you're at right now, but keep going. I'm sorry. I just had to nerd out on that first. Oh yeah, no, no. And you're, you're exactly right. And looking back on it now, that's probably where some of my issues started mm. because, oh. you know, since I was dancing all day long, I could pretty much eat what I wanted and I ate, you know, I ate pretty well during the week, but on weekends, I ate so much junk. Yeah. And that's, I think, what started that whole downward spiral that I didn't even notice until years later when I was a little older, sitting now in medical school. Sure. So, um, and how I flipped back was as you get older and dancing, dancing is really hard on the body. Mm. And it got to the point where it was more painful than it was oh. more pain than pleasure. And I started looking and I said, you know, what did I used to do? Tried to get a job, believe it or not. Tried because with dancing, you have these. Um, you would go on tour, then you'd come back, and you'd have time off, and then you go on tour and come. So you had a lot of blocks of free time, and one of those blocks, I tried to get a job as a waitress because I just needed, you know, some some cash. Sure. Couldn't get a job as a waitress, and I said, "This is ridiculous," and that's when I decided to go to medical school. <laughs> so I mean, why so not? I mean. Yeah, so that's what I decided. Tom, I'm only a web designer because uh, my mechanic career. Uh, <laughs> I was a short quarter uh, order chef for a while. <laughs> yeah, short order and, chef know, to acupuncture. I mean, yeah, it's I, all it, these weird journeys. I, I, honestly, on? I know I know plenty of baristas that became acupuncturists. Yeah, <laughs> some of them are still baristas though. Uh, <laughs> Right. Okay. And it may sound, you know, it may sound flippant, but it's the truth. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's it's what kind of leads you to the path that you are. Sure. And I eventually applied, got into Columbia, New York City, which was wonderful. Um, went through general surgery, plastic surgery, and I went into plastics because in internal medicine, this is how I ended up in lifestyle medicine eventually. Mm -hmm. In internal medicine, you saw the same people every week, every month, coming in with the same things. You give them a pill, they go out and they come back with exactly the same thing. I said, I can't do that for 20, 30 years. Right. That would just make me nuts. Uh, plastics, though, surgery in general and plastic surgery, absolutely. They come in, you make a change, they go out a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. you know. And that just thrilled me. And it did. For about 20 plus years. I was a plastic surgeon for 20 something years. Wow. For t wow. That's a years. long time. That's a long time. Yeah. So two, two full careers, essentially. Yeah, sure. Um, and then uh, what happened there, though, was a lot of the times I was the only plastic surgeon in the area. So I started in New York City and left New York after 9-11 made it about a year after 9-11. Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't want to live there anymore. I yeah, we lived in Hoboken at the time of 9-11. My wife yeah, actually I, I was on, in Long Island, yeah. Yeah, right. my wife worked on Day Street, by the way, in there. So it was like, Where? yeah, like really like, like the last train out of the city on 9-11 before it was shut down for oh. 40 hours. Yeah, Ooh. so she made it, she made it narrowly out. Yeah, it was crazy. And so I, yeah. I, I know exactly, I'm in the time and place with it's you here, strange. like, yeah. You know, it just changed. Yeah. And I didn't want to raise my kids there anymore. And so we actually overcorrected and ended up in a town that had about 6,000 people in the whole town. Wow. <laughs> so we were living next to Cornfield and it was good initially, but eventually it got to the point where- Bustling metropolis. It, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. It was just a little bit too, too quiet for us. Um, but what had happened was because I was the only plastic surgeon in about a, a, a an hour in any direction. So I was up all day, you know, seeing patients, doing surgeries, and then I'd get called in multiple times during the night with all of the injuries that needed a plastic oh, right. surgeon. And you just had that for year after year, not taking care of myself, sure. raising kids, doing everything. And uh, I just, you know, eventually I just crashed. And it ended up being three times in the space of one year that I was in the intensive care unit. Oh, and that third time, yeah. Wow. That third time I said, okay, I got to, I got to do something different. And now for like, what, like an adrenal fatigue thing or what are we talking like heart attack? Like was, where are you at? It was, it was a combination of adrenal fatigue, which I didn't know. Right. At that point. You're like, what the hell is adrenal fatigue? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and uh, then I had a lot of inflammation and that mm. inflammation with me ended up with me developing blood clots. Oh. 
So yeah, I had you know clots in my lungs, clots in my oh, I mean shit. it was a mess. It was wow. a hot mess. Yeah. Um, regular medicine couldn't help me. You know, they didn't know. They wanted to just give me steroids and throw me out the door. And I said, this is not what I need. And I looked and I eventually found a functional medicine provider mm. who found out why I was inflamed. And then over the course of literally a couple of months, changed my life. And I said, I've been like this for years and no one knew what it was. No one knew what to do about it. Here I'm feeling better in a couple of months. And that's where that first started. Wow. Um, where I started looking into that lifestyle medicine. Sure. So now you're... You're, you're 20x years into this career. You're falling apart at the seams and you're like, I need to, I need to stop. So, yeah. it, and then what enter, enter where you're at now? Like what, what you just wake up one morning, you're like done moving. On. Done. <laughs> <laughs> no, believe it or not. It took me about seven to 10 years Wow. to think, you know, to make that transition mainly because, you know, I, I'd done regular medicine my entire life. Um, when I tried to explain that to the clients I had, the patients that I had at the time, even the hospital where I was working, they looked at me like, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you trying to do? Um, and so I found myself doing, helping people on the side and still having my, my full plastic surgery practice. Mm. Oh, Did that for years. Yeah. That doesn't help yeah. with adrenal fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's list the five ways that adrenal uh, fatigue is uh, not that, solved. That First HPA one, access is gone. Do more stuff, right? <laughs> don't, don't stop. Do more. Yeah. Um, right. And eventually I realized this wasn't going to work in, in many, many ways, that being one of them. And I knew that I wanted to leave plastics, go into lifestyle medicine. And I decided to move to North Carolina where my sister lives, had family again. And that was that boom, stop one, go into the next mm. one. Yeah. Got it. Cool. So, so you're full time doing this. There's no more. You're not moonlighting in in a, in a third career or anything crazy. You're not, you're, you know, you're we're all in on this. Yes, I'm in. The, I'm in the waitress. I'm yeah, waiting. Right. Uh, I have to get off. You, the show you right finally now. got your waitress shift. Got it. So, so then, so yeah, so so you're in this now, and I, I, you know, you and I talked about this about you have a pretty niche market for who you go after. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so like, can you talk to us a little bit about what that is and, and why, how, how did this, this interest evolve into that? Cause I think that's also a pretty cool destination. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you write up what you're, when you're reaching out to people, you have to really think about what your own thoughts are and why you chose what you chose. And I realize that I'm working with the people that I was, what I was 10 years ago. Mm, right. Okay. You know, the, the women who are burning themselves out, right. they're doing everything, they're not taking care of themselves, they're not eating right. And, you know, they're on that same road that I was. What it looks like looks different in different people because right. we're all different. But that initial root cause of what's going on, the stress levels, the fatigue, low energy, those are the things that, uh, you know, that that they all have in common, that we all have right. in common. Right. And, and to your point, when you and I spoke, you, they don't even a lot of times realize that they're there. Like, you know, and it's like, exactly. until it's, I'm in the ICU. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, exactly. Right. Well, it took me three times right. to get it. I you mean, know? seriously. Three times. Like yeah. after the second one, were you kind of like, man, this is number two. What the, <laughs> well, what you, am know, I doing? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, what am I doing? Cause obviously yeah, after three, you're like, I'm all right, I'm done. Right. I give up, I tap out. But like after two, no, were you like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think it's that same sort of thing where you are so used to pushing through mm -hmm. your right. energy, you know, pushing through fatigue because that's what society tells you to do. Right, right, right. That's what, you know, that's what you feel your business needs from you. You feel if you stop that everything's going to fall apart. Right. And uh, so you keep going no matter what until you can't. Until you can't. Yeah. And you know what? But, you know, we touched on this on the top of the show, but like when you what I find, what I, when I said, I think we're going to see more of this, you know, you here, you've got a great example that we don't need a guru mm -hmm. to be the everybody health thing, because you know what? I'm a 45 year old male. I don't know shit about being a 45 year old female, right? Like, and so why on earth would I ever 
coach anybody or, or, or tell them what is the best thing for them. Cause I have no idea. Like I, I'm, you know, and so you're, I think anyway, you're going to start to see a lot more and you already do see this, but I think it's going to be the only, we got to break our ties with this idea that one size fits all. And I think we're going to break it by figuring out that like, Oh, look, Dr. Susan's who we should all go to if we are you know, women professionals in this specific situation, not even just soccer moms. I'm talking about like one specific type of woman. Like this is a very, very drilled down mm. treatment. And I think that that is sort of the common misconception with people I talk to when they're like, Oh, mm. you know, I, what pill should I take for this? I'm like, I have no idea. I, yeah, <laughs> what you, you got to do some work on yourself to figure that out. I, who the hell am I going to, I can't tell you that, you know? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And you even say that though, on your, on your site, you, you which I, one of the best things I, I think you had on there that I loved a lot is that your body knows what exactly what it needs to survive symptoms like fatigue and excess weight are just your body's way of getting you to pay attention. Like, and I'm like, or getting your attention. Sorry. I think that's just so like on the head for me personally, like mm -hmm. Tom, mm -hmm. you can relate to this, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the cool thing for me is coming at it from uh, traditional East Asian medicine where like the root cause was the whole reason, right? The symptom brings you in the door, but until you can peel back those layers and, and get a read on somebody as a whole person and what they need, where are those nudges? You know, it's, it's, it, you know, a lot of times and, and, and I'm not knocking Western medicine by any, by any means, even with adrenal fatigue, we've been joking about that. I know a doctor that said the only reason it's not a real condition is because there isn't a prescription for it right you know and i mean really that that's what we're talking about and and it's 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 not just one little tap on the shoulder it's multiple 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 right and you keep going and you keep going and you end up where you are and or where you were um it's the monday morning heart attack yeah you know exactly that's the one what's that kills you what's even more depressing is like that what what's the stat um about how many people like hard charging executives, we're talking CEOs, et cetera, that have a heart attack, a killing heart attack within two years of retirement because oh, retirement. Yeah. their body's in that sort of recursive state of adrenal fatigue. And as soon as they stop the drive, their body's like, and we're done. And we're <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. And every time I have like three consecutive stress mm -hmm. days, I'm like, oh shit, I can't retire ever now. I got to do this forever because the minute I stop, I'm going to keel over. Like I can't do that. Um, so, 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 uh, a client comes to you, like what, like walk me through that journey. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So the whole thing is we in Western medicine, we kind of have that, like you were just saying, have an ill, take a pill. Mm -hmm. You know, you come in with your diagnosis. It's the, the diagnosis book, I think, has what 70,000 different codes for what could possibly be wrong with you. You pick one of them and you pick the 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 the, uh, the treatment code that fits either the medicine or the treatment code that fits it. Um, so it's have an ill, take a pill. Instead, what we want to do is find out why someone has whatever that symptom is. So, for instance, if they're coming in with fatigue, are they tired because their adrenal levels are low? Are they tired because their blood sugar is flipping? Are they tired because they're not sleeping? Are they tired because it's hormones? There are so many different reasons why you can be tired. And the same thing with anything, you know, with, with thyroid, which is a huge thing. Right with sleep, anything. There are so many different reasons. And so we start by number one, understanding what the symptoms are, but then looking also into um, lab work, mm -hmm. delving deeply into lab work and not just, okay, like you go to your, your physician every year, they say everything's fine and you're gone till the next year. Well, looking at optimal levels and looking at a wider panel so that we know what's going on. And then once we have that information, also looking back to what's happened over the last five years, 10 years, sometimes even 20 years in the past, because all of that informs what's happening today. It's not just what you're eating and how you're exercising. It's your emotional state, your mental state, your whole entire physiology is related to your, you know, to your health and your wellness. Right. Yeah. And so, so is it, I mean, do you, I guess, you know, to a degree, you must have to standardize intake or, or explorations. And I know that'll take you down rabbit holes, but like, 
is there, do you have like a Swiss army knife of tricks that you can kind of get people in the door and kind of say, okay, let's find out this. Or, or, or do you see, I guess where the question was really driving is, do you see sort of repetitively occurring health ailments like you know the, the, mm. this type of person is I see what probably going to have this so I know the kind of proverbial 10 Wait, questions to ask to kind of like guide me and get me going like I mean I how did. how predictable is it versus you know how curate does it get you know what I mean I'm just trying to get a sense of how mm-hmm. that works out yeah I see what you're saying now so I would say the the big ones are gut health mm-hmm. so looking at what their digestion is doing everything in that level looking at hormones and of course we know that's huge it's not just sex hormones but it's also your adrenals your uh, you know your thyroid your even your bl- your glucose levels mm-hmm. how that's all being managed those are the the next ones and then the last one is stress I I have to say, you know, if we could take stress out of everyone's life, so many of us would already be, you know, would be so much better. So those are the three big ones that we look at initially, almost no matter what, just because we know that those are going to be. So when it comes to something that's like tangible, Mm -hmm. you could look at, you know, a CBC and find out some tangible things, right? Like, you know, you could find Mm -hmm. out liver enzymes, you could find out hormones, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But like the, some of the intangibles like stress, right? You mentioned that. And, and I'm actually asking a out of curiosity, but B, a family member of mine who was 47 just had his third heart attack. I'm sorry. Second heart attack in seven days, right? Like they were, they were one right after another. Now I, I think some of it was, was problematic with the process of the first one. They, they thought they should have two stints. They only, they said we can get away with one. They put in one a couple days later. Nope. Sorry. You just had a second heart attack. You need another one. So, but here's the thing by all outward measures, he's fine. Right. But Hmm. he's got a challenging home life, um, in terms of kids and, and family and work balance and everybody's in the same house. They've got five dogs or four dogs. It's just madness at their Mm -hmm. house. Right. His doctor was like unmitigated stress. It's it. You're di- it's not a dietary thing. It, you know, there's no real, if to my knowledge, there's no hereditary thing yeah. in, in on that branch of the family. But here we have two massive MIs and like, there's no like outward explanation. So the doctor, I think, and here's why I'm asking, um, the doctor, I felt like the story I got felt a little like the doctor just said, well, it's not diet. It's not genes. It's probably stress. And let's get out of my office. Like it didn't seem like a lot of, because I don't know how you would. And, and my question to you really is how do you, those intangibles like stress, like how do you quantify that in the health standard, like, or in a health context? Um, well, a lot of it really is subjective. Just, you know, how you actually feel because it's all perception, right? You can have the same incident with two separate people and they're going to respond differently. So that's, that's across the board. But then even without that, there are all of these, there are life, you know, tables that you can use. And, you know, if you've got those, you can look at those kind of things. What I do also with our, you know, the women that we work with is we use certain uh, technologies and one of them is called heart math. Mm, That's um, a good one. Which The app? Awesome. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, heart, I used to use that for HRV yeah. testing with a with, like bag. It was like the first yeah. HRV test I ever. They, they're still around. Oh yeah. They're, oh, yeah. They're, they're, they do like global meditations and stuff. They oh, do a stop. lot of really oh, wow. cool stuff. Yeah. I, check, I mess check out with so the app. stupid things, Susan. <laughs> I, I, I have so many dumb things. Like if you ever listen to more than one episode of the show, you'll see how many stupid things Tom and I play with. Like, you you I, don't I, even I, want, I, you don't even want me to pan I, down on the camera. I, I've I got, cycle well, through like so many of these things. I'm like, Oh, heart math. Should I remember that? And that was like years right, ago. Right. Well, I, so, so I, unfortunately, uh, muse took, took my number one spot over heart math. Oh. And I, yeah, and I, I and I don't even know where my little uh, ear clip ear is thing. right now. Yeah, I mean, not to say because I, I used Muse at first as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she's gonna blow only... up our Muse spot. It's it, it's all right, man. It's <laughs> no, look it. look, I man. They've gotten about a thousand dollars out of me. I bought every yeah, version yeah. they've had. <laughs> My ROI on Tom is big, <laughs> very big. It's just, it's just like they're they're just marketing to me, man. Look, I'll just yeah, <laughs> I'll put it on right now. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I would say is, it as far as getting people to calm down, the the women that we're working with are so 
high strung at this point that it actually annoys them when they That's don't so funny. immediately get. Of course it does. Pumped. I gotcha. Right. Exactly. I, I was the same so way I was. Take them down a little bit first, and then you can use. Me. The most stressful meditation I've ever had was my first muse session. I'm like, where the fuck are the birds? <laughs> damn it! Like, I want the birds. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that was like and it's like all of a sudden the, the muse is like you're not relaxed <laughs> not, not i i relaxed. when i started i was like oh i got a bird and then it's like no no oh look i got a bird there is no more bird oh man and it drove my i have my 10 year old who who did it when she was eight or seven for the first time and the frustration that she couldn't get a bird. You would, you should have seen her. She was like exploding and I was cracking up because I'm like, oh. yep, I've been there. Did the I've same been there. <laughs> know exactly what you're going through. Um, yeah, but yeah. so, so yeah, like that stress thing is weird because it's super subjective because like, look, I, I'm a pretty hard charging guy, but I don't bear any resemblance to like a Jeff Bezos. Right. So if you were to sit Jeff and I in a room and ask us to evaluate the stress response on 25 different or 125 different situations, mm -hmm. there's no way in hell we're going to measure on the same chart. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not even I, like what he does would probably give me a heart attack before this conversation was over. Right. But that's, but to him, that's not stressful. So like, how do you quantify that? You know what I mean? Like it's not, mm -hmm. Same activity, different response, right? Exactly. It's, mm -hmm. it's the perspective. And then you throw in the whole thing about genetics because you, how you respond, how your body responds is also partly genetically determined. So I've heard all of these rumors, 25%, 30%. What, how much does genes influence your health outcome? Like, do you, do you, do you have a yardstick on, on this one? You want them to influence. So I say that. That's a good answer. That That's a good answer. I say that because yes, you have your genes. Your genes are not going to change. Right. They don't change. They are what they are. Your expression of your genes can change absolutely. And so that's what you can do. That's why we do all of the, you know, the epigenetics. That's yeah. why yeah, we yeah, change sure. our diet. That's why we do, you know, stress reduction so that we can change how our genes express. Turn on the good ones, turn yeah. off the bad ones. Right. Well, that, that, what was the quote was, uh, the genes are the gun. The epigenetics is the trigger. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you've seen those twin studies. No, oh, yeah. Absolute identical twins. Yeah. One smokes, one doesn't. One looks like they're like 90. The other one looks like they're 40. Yeah. You know, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Coursera. Are you familiar with Coursera online? Uh, the online university. It's like kind of. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Coursera, so yes. I took an epigenetics class on there just for curiosity's sake. And uh -huh. this was years and years ago. Like it was a while back. And it's really funny because I took it as a side curiosity, but, but she was talking and I think it was out of the university of Melbourne, I think did it, but she was talking about the theory of being able to turn these things on and mm. off. And now years later, you know, the science of that has obviously evolved. The roots of that have not really changed a whole lot. And now we're seeing that you can actually pull these levers and it was interesting. It was an interesting accident in my life that I took mm -hmm. that just to see, because now I think I have a little bit of a better understanding mechanistically of how that's actually happening. And, and like, then it gives you other ideas to kind of move the levers faster. Right. Like, exactly. and so like, exactly. so, so it's sort of like a feedback loop of positive feedback loop, but it's, exactly. it's neat. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and then obviously, you know, I, I, I well, I say obviously, but for people listening, maybe not obviously, but you, you know, you kind of wrapped up your whole ethos with, you know, a holistic approach should include nutrition, movement, lifestyle, mindset. And, and I think that that's what I was talking about earlier. I, I, so many of my friends, I've been friends with them my whole life, their colleagues, their friends, their family members, they just overwhelmingly want a thing that's going to fix them. Like a thing. That's right. it. I just get one thing. Yeah. Right. Tell me to take this pill at 12.01 AM and I will wake up every day Ooh. and take this stupid pill if that fixes exactly. everything. And it's like crazy. You can tell them any stupid thing and they'll do it mm -hmm. and then get pissed off when it doesn't work, you know? And it's, and it's, it's crazy to me, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's cool that we, I guess, have the perspective that, that we know where to solve it from, right? Like we know how to. Mm -hmm go to them. So when you get a person like that, what do you, what do you do? Like what, what, let, let, let's fight me on this. Like I, I I'm in you, I'm in the, in the practice. I'm like, I'm broken, but I, I don't want to do any of your stuff. Like, I mean, how do we, 
how do we peel this onion? Is there psychology involved? Is there like this? I mean, what, what, what are your tricks? Well, here's the thing. My, yeah. my biggest trick is they don't come into the program if that's their mindset. Mm. That's actually my, my first thing. Bravo. We sit down and we really talk about it. And I let them know if you're going to move the way you want, right. there are going to be changes involved. Because if you continue doing what you're doing, you're going to get what you got. You have to change. What you've you been doing got to, you exactly here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and if they're not ready for that, that's completely fine. But then don't come and work with me. I got gotcha. you. Know, go that's to cool. your traditional doc and, and do it that way. So it was like when I first started in plastic surgery, I was ready to take on the in anybody, anybody who wanted surgery, come on to me and I would do them. Well, guess what? There are a lot of people who aren't good candidates for plastic surgery. You right. Know, and it yeah. took years of understanding. Yeah, and it's not just physical. Sometimes it was an emotional thing. Some, you know what I'm saying? There are different reasons. Right. And so I finally got to the point where I would tell them from the get go before they even came into the practice. No, I'm not your person. You know, you need to find someone else. And that's what I do now as well. It just right. makes my life easier. And then they don't waste, you know, they don't waste their time or their, their investment. So you tackle a lot of topics in your, it looks like on your, on your site. So how I'm guessing, and I'm curious cause I'm just curious, but how long of a try do you have to give something like you, like a practice like yours mm -hmm. before you can kind of really adequately evaluate it for yourself? Like I, I and I, I know that the answer probably is most people who take it seriously don't really see a need to go somewhere else. Like they're like, all right, no, this is good. We're good. So I'm really talking about the people that are sort of like unsure about like, maybe they're like my parents who know nothing about the change in medicine now. And they're very mm -hmm. stuck in these 200 year old philosophies. Right. I'm sure you meet people like this, right? Like, in oh, the absolutely. right. Absolutely. You know, so like, how do you break down gently that person's walls and say like, look, this is where we're at now. I'm going to get you there. But you know, like, you know, you, you can't do that overnight. Like, are, are we talking six months, one month, two years, five years? Like, I mean, like, what, what is a timeline, like an arc of a character story look like for you? Here? That's a great question. It really, of course, it all depends on where they're starting from and where they want to get. That's absolutely the, the real deciding factor. But um, what I try to do, especially for people who aren't familiar with this approach, try to get them a quick win so that they're ready and see something so that they can then stick in it for the long haul. Right. So if they want to, like one of the big ones, this is just a you know a regular thing, is if they know they want to lose weight and have less inflammation, I will have them lose 20 to 30 pounds in that first month and a half, two months. And, and, and is that, that just like getting super aggressive with them about diet? They're really, right. we're like really focused in on that. And then once they see that and they understand the changes right. that they can do, then they're, they're okay with doing all the other stuff and right, 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 all right. the other things and then staying, sticking with it. But if you're, you know, if you come in someone, you just tell something, and you know, it's going to take you know something like autoimmune issues or, right. um, you know, someone who's really got a lot going on, you know, it's going to take at least a year sometimes even more than that. Six months to a year is kind of like the baseline. But when you tell that to someone who's not used to that, they're like, oh my gosh, how is it going to take that long? I mean, I, when I go to my dog, they give me this pill and in two, two days I'm better. And like, so you have to give them somehow some quick wins and then also help them to see what it will be like in the future, mm. in the near future. It is funny how predictable the weight loss thing is, as a quick win, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I think I was one of the guys online was like the, the dirty secret of the fitness industry is that in order to become a fitness person of any rapport, you need to write a weight loss book. <laughs> it's, mm. like, it's like you have to, it's like the minimum requirement for entry. You have to write a, a, a your version of a weight loss book and then we could take you seriously as a, yeah, we could do. Yeah, right. exactly. and I fought it. I'm still fighting it, yeah. you know, even though that is probably one of our, our, you know, one of the most attractive quick wins that we have. Yeah, for sure. My book is written on energy. You right. know, how do we yeah. increase your energy? Yeah. Because which I do, do like, that, I do want to talk about yeah. tonight yeah. for sure before we're done. Cause that, that actually is an area of health that I uh, am per perennially interested in. I do Ironman and triathlon. Mm. 
and I'm also a father of two and I also run two different businesses and, and I also have this podcast. Like I do a lot in a 24 hour day and energy is constantly a problem. And you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's not, mm-hmm. it, it's not an easy thing, but I, we don't have to go into that right now, but I do want to talk about that before we get off. But like, you're right though. It takes a year. Right. And how many people want to hear that? I know, you know, they don't. They yeah. Don't. My wife has they made don't. a tremendous journey over the last couple of years about learning that lesson sort of the hard way in some way, ways, but you know, she's married to me and I'm talking about this crap all the time. So like eventually you, you kind of like, like, well, if this idiot's talking about this, like all the time, maybe I'll just Google search this. And then you Google it and you're like, Oh shit, that dude was right. Like what? And then all of a sudden you're like, well, what else, what else is here? And then all of a sudden, like that person discovers it for themselves. I'm not trying to be her doctor. I'm just the guy that lives in the same house. Who's got like, you know, a billion little gadgets and supplements laying around the house. Exactly, everywhere, you know? exactly. Um, but I can imagine it's, it's not hard to convince me of anything. Susan, if you sat me down right now and told me any dumb thing, I'd be like, I'm in, <laughs> Let's try. <laughs> but, but I'm a weird dude. Like that's yeah. not normal. Right. Like most, yeah, people, most, do most people are not, they're not going for that. You know? No. So, right. Right. But, but you know, it's so wonderful that you are open. You know, to at least trying something, at least investigating and seeing, you know, whether or not it works. Because right. ultimately, everything we do is an experiment anyway. So, oh, yeah. I've yeah. eaten every fad diet plan from like, you know, paleo to carnivore to what you name it. And I've tried them all for like a month or two at a time. And look, not all of them were for me, but I learned something in all those experiments, right? Like yes. valuable information, not exactly. like, you know, superficial crap, but like. And if I hadn't done the experiment, if I, I can't read that in a book, right? I can't just go exactly. out and be like, this is how I felt on a carnival, carnivore diet. I know somebody on a carnivore diet right now that like has been on it for like five years and feels exactly opposite from anything I ever felt. Mm. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's it. You know, we are all different. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I, if he would have asked me that before he did it, I'm like, no, stay the fuck away from the carnivore diet. Cause that is not fun. Like I didn't, I didn't love that at all. It was my least favorite actually of all of them. Uh-huh. And I thought it was going to be my favorite. And I'm like, no, no, no. Did not like that. At it's all. a lot of meat. Yeah. It's a Ooh. lot of meat with no, it, it's like, yeah, it's it's like just having like I don't know like wind in your face like you you want to stick your head out. you want to stick your head out the window for one second and feel the car the air blow by and then you want to put your head back in the car. Carnivore diet was like nobody would let your head come back in the car. It was just like oh, the no. same stuff like over and over. You know, oh, I'm like no. Yeah. I yeah. need, I need diversity and, and endless beef jerky. Yeah, right. No, I don't. Uh, yeah. My idea of diversity is not duck or chicken. Like it's, it's not, you know, it's, I don't know. It was, it was a bit much for me, but, but I know yeah. people and yeah. same, but same thing with vegan. I did vegan for a couple mm-hmm. months. I had zero energy, like literally zero. Like mm. I could not get out of bed and I was frantically searching Google. I'm like, how do the most responsible vegans live? What supplements do they take? How many pounds of kelp do you got to eat in an hour? I don't care. Oh. Just give me, give me something give me that makes answer. me feel better than this. And honestly, yeah. I couldn't find it. And mm-hmm. I left that experiment going, well, look, if a, if a, not to toot my own horn, but I'm a pretty informed guy and super curious. If I can't figure out how to make that work, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's very hard. Like, cause mm-hmm. I, I don't, I just don't know how people do that. So like, look, I wouldn't do veganism and I wouldn't do carnivore, but like I learned a lot about myself in both of those. With each one. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, and I would recommend to anybody to, to try both of them. To I, try it out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. who knows? You might be a vegan. You never know. I, I find that combining those two is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It, it's funny. You know where I'm at in my life though? And Tom, I think you are too. I don't think about any of this shit anymore. Like, I don't think about what I'm eating. I don't think about what I'm drinking or what supplements. I, just, I The only time I do, I do is when like. it's something I shouldn't be eating. Oh, well, yeah. And, and then the question, is this worth it? Right. Yes. Comes into play. Yes. Like, am I going to get enough enjoyment to, you know, counteract me feeling stiff? for the next two or three days or, you know, is this going to worth the bloat? You know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My my wife calls me a wuss now because I, I cleaned up my diet in uh, 10, 15 years ago and I've kind of stuck with it more or less ever since, but I had a giant chocolate chip cookie the other day. 
because it just looked good and i just i was like that looks good i'm gonna have that my body revolted for like <laughs> like it was like gi yeah. issues and just sluggishness and bloat and just in general i was like i don't do not enjoy just this. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> like, I did. And you know, a lot of people ask is, are you, are you making that up? You know, are we That's making That's what my wife good? said. She goes, you're yeah, kidding. Yeah. Me. And it's not, it's like you, you get so used to feeling not great that you just accept it. And it's not until you really clean your body yeah. up and then you try it again. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. What was I, yeah, how was I living was I like doing? Yeah. I mean, yeah, good yeah. Lord. I mean, yeah, it's intense, right? I mean, so like how rewarding is it? Like, let's say you take somebody who comes in, let's say you took yourself in, you know, like, you know, you now took your old self in, right? And, you know, a year later, I mean, how rewarding is that when you're at the other side of that, when they're out of the tunnel of, of bad and they're kind of like on the men, they might not be where they want to go yet, but they're mm-hmm. well on the way. Like, I mean, that's got to be killer, no? That takes me back to that six-year-old girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. It, because that's, I wanted to help people feel better. That was why I went into medicine. And that's what I do, you know, whether it's getting somebody's hormones, you know, so they don't have to live with their head in the refrigerator anymore. Nah. Right, right, or, right. you know, yeah. or, uh, you know, the, the guy who got off his, his uh, blood sugar meds literally within three weeks, three yeah. weeks. I mean, it's crazy how fast that could happen if you put your mind to it, right? Yeah, exactly. And you guys, men, it's always like, it's so much easier. (laughs) My wife, she's like, you know what? Fuck you. You guys just say weight loss and you lost 10 pounds. I don't want to hear this. (laughs) I don't want to hear anything. How hard it is. uh She's like, yeah, I shut your face. I don't want to hear anything. (laughs) Uh, And I'm like, "Uh, okay, I I, I could kind of get on board with this. (laughs) Cause yeah, no, I, I, I do think it is a little unfair. I mean, why is that? You know, like why, why are we, yeah. It's, is that just it? Just a function? It's, it's exactly. It's yep. just it's testosterone. A it's testosterone. Testosterone machine. is a fat burning. <laughs> yeah. Testosterone is a fat burning hormone hmm. and uh, estrogen is a fat storing one. That's it in That's a it. nutshell. That's kind of it in a nutshell. And so, and let me ask you a little bit more technical question then. Do you find that a lot of females, uh, there, there's a great book called The Secret Female Hormone, which is all about testosterone in women. Do you find them below the normal limit pretty often in testosterone? I'm sorry, I missed that. My, oh. my... <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I was like, oh shit, my mic cut out again. Uh, but basically, you know, so there's a book called uh, The Secret female hormone, which is all about testosterone in certain levels, right? Do you find that when you do that complex panel that there's normally in hormone-based weight gain, mm-hmm. uh, is it more yeah. testosterone deficiency? Is it more estrogen dominance? It's more estrogen dominance. That's way more common. Yeah, okay. Way, way, way more common. Not to say that, you know, if you need testosterone, then that's not a great thing to do, because obviously it is. Yeah. But it's more frequently that the estrogen-progesterone balance just isn't right. Way out of, way out of whack. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so that's interesting. So is, is that, if you see somebody who comes in either presenting overweight or is citing that as a, as a driver for them, is a test is a hormone test kind of like on your short list of like let's get this done sooner rather than later to kind of see if if there's a contributing factor. If there's a contributing factor, yeah. Yeah, the uh, our our usual panel when we come in, like I said, is a extended blood panel, um, but also hormones. So that's mm-hmm. the estrogen, progesterone, cortisol, which is the other. Key. Yeah. Us boys um, get that one too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have the vessel health. You know, when you pee on the card, have you seen these things? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and my cortisol every single time I pee on that thing is, is definitely elevated. It's are, are you peeing on it the same time every day though? I pee on it the same exact time. You have to. Yeah. I do it once a week. Um, mm. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's funny. My, it is dropped precipitously since I started ju- doing uh, regular meditation and Qigong in the morning. It, it has gone mm-hmm. way, way down. Yeah. It's still not within reference though. And I kind of want to get it there and I, I'm like kind of edging that way. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, I will probably cease the vessel as soon as I have, cause they're a pain in the ass, like to keep peeing on this card every week. I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> annoying, you know, like, I, I think it's a great diagnostic tool quarterly, but weekly yeah. it's a bit much to do right? to do. Yeah, it's like, yeah, mm. you know, you're like yeah. three minutes waiting for the stupid thing to develop or whatever they call it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, cortisol is a real pain in the ass. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the one that I use is also a dried urine test. So you, you know, actually they, they will pee on the card and then let it dry and they send it in. Um, but you're right in that, in that sense is there's, that's the downside to testing is that at any one particular time, something may be high, may mm-hmm. be low, you don't know. So yes, we use that as a baseline, but if what's happening in the person is not fitting what we're seeing, then either we retest mm-hmm. or we work around it yeah, because yeah, that's exactly. the other thing. We, you don't want to be just wed to what you see on a piece of paper. Right, right. Yeah, I know somebody going through testosterone issues right now, and she is, she she actually was did a uh, an Everly Well test. Uh, they have a uh, women hormone panel, and it's just a at home finger prick. And uh, mm-hmm. she did it, and she's like, "Dude, she she called me up. She's like, dude, I have zero testosterone. It's like almost nothing. Like it's like practically non-existent." I was like, "Well, I'm not a you know." What are they? Endocrinologists? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know much about this, but I think that that sounds probably not great. <laughs> so you should probably maybe like call somebody. Yeah, that. Yeah. So it's funny. She called, she called her doctor. She went to a doctor and you know what the first thing the doctor said is like those online tests are bullshit. You, let me, let me give you a test. And guess what? It came back literally the exact same test. And he was like, well, that's weird. And I'm like, yeah, dude, we got good shit out there that we don't need your dumb ass to tell us, you know, like we can do this on our own now, man. Like, we don't, like, I don't need, I don't need you. And, uh, but they went, they, so they gave her a pellet in her butt, you know, a little testosterone mm-hmm. pellet. And then mm-hmm. now she has hypothyroidism and has to get it and took it out. Like now she's mm-hmm. got all these weird symptoms of, you know, the other way. Right. So it's like, it's like, it's a real delicate balance when you're dialing it in. It is. That's why it's always better if you if you can fix it with your body, mm-hmm. lifestyle, and you know, and, and diet. That's always the way to go because, you know, the body knows what to do with its with its hormones and everything. And right. you giving it will either turn things on or turn things off depending on what you're getting. So, so yeah. quite literally, I'm asking for a friend. Somebody has a female has low testosterone. Like, let, mm-hmm. let what like not putting a pellet in your butt. What, what, what's the next, what's the next, uh, is that a diet thing? Like, can you control that kind of stuff? I would just look diet? at, I would look at diet. I would also look at their workout. So what is their muscle, you know, what is their mm. muscle tone like? Well, that was what made her originally look at the test in general, because she mm-hmm. was working out like a mad woman and not gaining mm-hmm. a single and not getting of, anything. Yeah. No, no mm-hmm. results from the, mm-hmm. from the workout. Mm-hmm. So and that was really the driver of this. The driver. Cardio versus weight. weightlifting. Yeah. yeah, she was doing resistance training. It wasn't gaining mm-hmm. really, and not muscle. seeing anything. Yeah. And that's where she. Yeah. And that's why she was like Google in there. She's like, "Why aren't I getting muscle?" And it was like testosterone. <laughs> like it was like <laughs> autofill. You know, <laughs> three yeah. bazillion people have asked the yeah. same question. It's yeah. it's dead. so that's that's someone where the Dutch test would be wonderful. Yeah, because okay. the testosterone is you know a little bit halfway down with all of the the weight with the hormones, and so there are others that are above that. One of them being pregnenolone yeah. uh, you need you know and stress can affect pregnenolone so you know if that's low then yes your testosterone is going to be low as well so oh, interesting it, it might not be just fixed testosterone it may be let's go upstream fix what's going on before it even gets down to that level. oh that's fascinating yeah mm-hmm. oh that's great and i i love you know man i'm, I'm glad i'm not a, a, a woman who fits your target demographic because I would be the worst patient you've ever had because I'd be asking you four million questions. <laughs> but you know, that's that's the people that I work best with are the ones who do ask. Right, the ones right. who want to understand what's going on in their body, not just say, okay, you tell me what to do. No, I'm not yeah, going right. to be with you forever. Right. I well, now you're talking through this. I'm like, I wonder how much of that doctor was just like, let's just get this chick out of my office as fast mm-hmm. as I can. And I'm just going to tell her, yeah, we'll just take a standard, you know, bullshit testosterone test. We'll see where you're at. And we're going to mm-hmm. throw a pellet in your ass and you're out the door and we'll and see you in not. two right. months right. when right. the thing is, uh, when it's at its half-life, you know, I got to know, it just doesn't, uh, now I'm kind of questioning mm-hmm. that whole process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Matt, some of that comes down to just, just the way, the healthcare system runs. Right. So well, that's, yeah. when, when somebody like Dr. Susan steps out of that, there's so much more freedom, right? If oh, you try and get, get a Dutch test covered by your insurance, <laughs> right? You know, like, why do you need this? Why? Well, nobody, nobody needs this. What's one of those set you back? Like how much does one Ooh. of those tests cost? <laughs> uh, 
the baseline one is like 250. Okay. The the most expensive one is if you are like doing cycle mapping where you literally oh, right. test every single day they're trying to get pregnant or something oh, I like gotcha. that. That can be closer to 500 or so. So I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not not horrible. Yeah. You're going to get the answers that you need to make your life. Yeah, but not to sound like a dick, that doesn't sound like a, a lot to me, but for a single mom in Detroit raising three kids by herself, yeah. that that's like a that's a paycheck, you know. Well, that's even if they can get to the doctor, you know. Right. I mean, I like so, yeah. so like that. That's like I guess part of the problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I can go do that. I mean, I just signed up for my first concierge doc. Like, I'm not. I literally last week. Like, I haven't mm-hmm. even onboarded yet. But you know what my intake physical is? Mm-hmm. It's a twelve hundred dollar executive physical that tests. It's four hours long. It's everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like. Yeah. It's a no joke. And then Tom and I are friends with a, a concierge doc as well. And his intake is very similar, mm-hmm. but like you're talking about like worlds of difference between that mm-hmm. physical and that single mom from Detroit. We were just talking about like, I mean, those are not, I mean, mm-hmm. these are not even, even comparable, so, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and that's like kind of the problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah. And, and that you're exactly right. You know, and there are some new um, things that are online now that will that you can come in at a lower, you know, at a lower fee where you're you're more of a group um, and it it can be covered for maybe, you know, somewhere around one hundred dollars a month Mm -hmm. to get that same sort of coaching and training and everything. So that's one of the answers. My biggest answer to anything, though, is if you take care of most of those baseline things. If you figure out how, and you can do all of this without any kind of testing, if you figure out what your body needs to be eating, and that's the gold standard is, right. you know, elimination. You take things out, yeah, you yeah. come back in, you see how you do. Do you do that a lot with your patients? Is elimination like kind of step one? If it, it's not step one, because most people don't want to do that. Right. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> they want to, they want to do it the quick and easy. <laughs> but it's on the but short list. It's on the short list. If right. for those who, you know, who don't want to pay for all of the extra testing. Yeah. It takes five, six weeks. We take everything out. We add things back in and we journal what's going along, right, okay. along that way. And that is actually the gold standard. That totally is the best way. But if you do that with each of those those things, if you do that with how you're working out, how is your body responding? What do you feel like a day or two after you do something? If you look at how you're sleeping, why aren't you sleeping? Are you not going to sleep? Are you waking up in the middle of the night? Does a snack help? Does You, you just experiment with yourself one thing at a time. And mm-hmm. most of the time you can figure out what's going on with your body. Right. So it's really just the the knowledge and the information. Yes, the testing makes it faster. It makes it more precise, but you can absolutely do it without any kind of testing whatsoever. And actually, that's funny. That's I'm so glad you you said that, not knowing what sort of the mission statement of this show is, because the Tom and I are always like, okay, so this is the fifty thousand dollar version of the story, and here's the thirteen ninety nine on Amazon. <laughs> because like that i I guess the deeper point here is that what you do is absolutely amazing i I love it but it's not free you you know you need to make a living and like these tests aren't aren't cheap like one of the tests that got me into the concierge doc that i did he goes we have this test here it's it's not fda approved yet but it's on the fast track for it because it tests a level of decaying cancer cells in your free blood. And it will tell you, and it tests it before pre-stage one, it could identify over a hundred types of cancers. Hmm. And here's the thing. It costs $800, which is the discount price because for this concierge practice, practice. it's well over a thousand. If you're not now, look, you got a, you got a lot of clients that are in health that are in your in your care. How mm-hmm. many of those people are going to drop? Let's call it a thousand bucks for, on a test for one, for one for test. one test. Exactly. If I got the hundred and first cancer, I'm fucked. Like I, <laughs> this only counts a hundred. Like, you know, like I better hope I got mm-hmm. one of the, the one of the top one hundred. <laughs> like, but at the same time, like oh, that's man. a lot. I mean, look, it's a stiff proposal, right? Here, give me a thousand bucks. I'm going to tell you you don't have cancer or worse you do have cancer and it's lung cancer and it's pre-stage one, but you're like, fuck, I have lung cancer. Mm. Like, Oh my God. Like, I mean, but at the same time, if you catch it pre-stage one, I mean, look, that's a, 
I, I can make a million arguments why you should pay the thousand no, bucks and know beforehand. Yeah. But I'm also in a position to pay the thousand bucks. Mm -hmm. I, not everybody is. And like, so, you know, what was that book? Um, lifespan, right. That Tom yeah. and I did an episode on, we, we, we had an episode on book club <laughs> <laughs> where we both had to read a book and we, 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 I don't know how we chose it, but lifespan is it. It was written by David Sinclair. Yeah. As well. But you knew that everybody knows that, but so is following us on social media at irreverent health and check out our website for more exclusive content at irreverenthealth.com. I like this. Thanks for tuning into this episode of irreverent health in your thirties you get an aging vaccine in the 40s you get a, an aging vaccine except you get genetic regression therapy in your 40s as well and you roll back your telomeres and your cellular your mitochondrial health all the way back to 30 and you rinse and repeat once a decade until you feel like dying like now he goes now here's the thing how much will that cost will the homeless guy on the street in manhattan be able to afford it fuck no like that's yeah. going to be like a billionaire toy and that's it. Exactly. And it, exactly. you know, for everyone like you, there's also another one that's not like you who's got the same knowledge. Who's like, I'm going to charge $10 million a year for this service because I can, because we're literally talking about living forever. <laughs> like, so <laughs> these rich dudes will pay me whatever the hell I want, but it's not mm -hmm. democratic medicine. It's not, it's you know, not yet. not yet, but I think, I think eventually it's going to have to be because we medicine is going to have to change. It's going to have to start adopting as more and more proof comes out that the, what we're talking about is real and actually works. They're going to have to change. And you know who we're going to have to fight to to get these things. Um, you know, we'll say the the big <laughs> yeah big you know who yeah. But but eventually. You know we're gonna win. She's so new here, Tom. She doesn't know. I uh, like, I, like, know, like, I like, I, I, I was just gonna start doing this. I was just gonna. <laughs> I was like, she can tell whoever she wants. Like, 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 you know why healthcare is wrong? Capitalism. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, like. <laughs> But, yeah, but it is it's not entirely incorrect though you know I mean? uh, it's, it's not at all it's it's you know it's sad i mean yeah i mean look i look at my my grandmother who's like in her 80s and she's like in terrible health but she was an operator for all these years like i'm talking pull the plug out put it in another oh, wow. operator <laughs> she has zero hearing in either ear she can't even, she used to watch, we used to make fun of her because she'd listen to the TV up at like the maximum volume uh, and uh, she'd sit four feet from it because that's how she, and her chair just kept getting closer spirit. and closer. But now she just has to, to put closed captioning on because she's completely deaf. And I'm like, she eats fried chicken, like Kentucky fried chicken. She feeds it to her dog. It's crazy. She's like, how old is she? Like 88. It's ridiculous. I'm I, like, uh, listen, it. my, my great grandmother stopped smoking cause she couldn't drive anymore and didn't want to have other people buy her cigarettes. Right. And right. that was in her eighties. You know, <laughs> that was like, well, you're Italian, right? Tom? I, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, they keep my, telling my, me that my whole family from <laughs> Portugal, like my great grandmother, I was told had dirt floors in her house. So these people were hardcore. Like, they're uh, not, yeah, they're not like lightly, lightly well, yeah. doing down the street. Now you know, like, Nope. I got dirt floors, dude. We were talking about epigenetics a little bit, and I know we've touched on this in the past. There seems to be this this uh, link, generational link, going back a couple of generations that if they survived a time of uh, low caloric intake, right? So we're talking about the Great Depression, uh, certainly famines. Uh, those genes can be passed on to the grandkids, and they're saying up to like 30 years extension of life. No, the Holocaust. Have you seen this? It's like one yeah. of the running studies. The Holocaust survivors were like eight generations out or something, seven, five generations out, and they're they're still passing it. Well, God, why why am I blanking on her name? Uh Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh she she was she was she was in the Dutch famine, right? And and she had these genes that were passed along. Uh, because I mean, they were literally eating tulip bulbs because they had no other food, and I think it was had to do but with isn't the Nazis. That how epigenetics trigger genetic responses, right? Like we evolve over billions of years yeah. because that mm -hmm. shit happens time and time mm -hmm. again. So it's not yeah. Yeah. like we're just like the 
doofuses that are figuring this out now, but it's been going on for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're like, it's eight generations. Nature's like, fuck you. This is like 400 generations. What are you talking about? And and you're carrying stuff from, from people you've never even know existed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is actually one of the funniest parts about the Mormons. I went to Salt Lake city and I got, I tested back to like four generations of my family through the uh, Mormon. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, I never knew this, but like their whole thought is, is like the more relatives they know, the more people they'll know in the afterlife. And I thought it was such a, an interesting, interesting take on it as to why you're obsessed with genealogy. But I'll tell you, man, this guy that helped us was this really old dude. I mean, like in his nineties for sure. And he had a USB stick around his, his neck. And he said, I'm connected to something like 250,000 of my relatives. It was like some really ridiculous number. Like, wow. and he goes, every time somebody comes in like you, I can tell if you link to me. And what he says happens is somebody comes in with like 5,000 people that they've linked to. And they find out that you're a genetic link. He puts his USB stick in and now your family chains are merged. And like your profile now adopts all of the research he had done. So this is how they build these giant databases wow. because the, the relational database between like one person and another is absolutely massive. And he carries it. He's, it's so important to him. He carries it around his neck. Like it's like literally built into his persona. And, and Tom, to your point, he could literally show you a USB stick of every dude that gave him all of those things wow. know, in, in multiple directions. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy, but it's super like I, I was like drooling. Like I was so excited. I was like, this is the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. That's still a little weird to me. I mean, I don't like, I don't want to know certain relatives. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm like a little, I'm a little worried. It's like, oh shit, I'm Italian. Was it Mussolini? Just not Mussolini. What was it? Oh, Hitch, the movie Hitch. You ever seen that with Will? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like does this whole thing at Ellis Island and it turns out she's related to like the butcher of Seville. He thought it was the butcher and it was like a mass murder. (laughs) She's like, oh my God. Our whole family's trying to forget this asshole for a hundred years and you bring him up. Oh my goodness. Um, So anyway, listen, I, we, we could joke about this all night, but let me tell you about, tell us about your book real quick. Cause I want to hear about this. Like what got this going? Where are we at with that thing? Let's, okay. Let's... So a lot of it came because, you know, we were in the middle of a pandemic and I had, we went from seeing people in person to going virtual, had more time on my hands, but also realized that as we were talking about, not everyone can afford or even wants to come and work with me one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a way that I could reach more people. And so what I took was, I mentioned energy is like the big overarching thing that I work with. And it's called Thrive, the five-week guide to mastering your energy at any age. And so we go through those, those four things that are the pillars. Eat elite, which means eat what's right for your body at this stage in life. Mm-hmm. Move more. Just move throughout your day, live wisely. That's your sleep, your stress levels, and then love divinely, which is loving yourself, loving the world. Mm-hmm. And then that last week, that fifth week is listen, let go and live. Listen to what your body's telling you, let go of whatever isn't serving you and live your own version of thriving. So it's five weeks and you just continue that, you know, that cycle of five weeks until you have it down. Mm-hmm. So for whatever, whatever the book costs on Amazon, You've got me, you know, and anything virtual Susan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Now, was that something that you put together as a result of, of like kind of synthesizing your practice or was it something you kind of developed in order to promote the practice or a little bit of both? Like, how do you, it's an interesting idea. I mean, I love, I love it. I mean, I know other people have done sort of like self serve packages like that, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a standalone model, right? Like yeah, I can just use yeah. that. It's actually a class that I have, have been teaching, you know, okay. teaching over and over again, oh, cool. um, have a lot of people go through and realize that you, I could package it into a book that someone mm-hmm. could actually do on their own. And then I've, I, of course I have links to videos that they can then use and watch um, like the extra stuff that you get if you get the book as well. So you literally can do what I do in that five week course on your own. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's great. We're going to link to uh, your site and the, the consultation thing in the show notes here. Thank so, you. you know, we'll have people, you know, dialed into there, but, um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, I, I, I love that you took time out today. I mean, it's really yeah. Awesome thank you. Oh, this was so I mean, much fun. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I warned you though. I was like, look, this isn't like a normal show. You can kind <laughs> it's of- it, it, well, <laughs> not even this this episode isn't that normal. I don't. I didn't see either of us drink anything. Right. This is also true. Like, like, I did have some wine before the show, but that I, was like forever ago. But it was a little tiny bit, like just for dinner. But um, yeah, normally this is uh, we we get down kind of deep into some holes, and you know sometimes wine helps that. I, I have to say, I was a little worried that I would be going down a little bit too far in some some oh, areas, goodness. but this was perfect. No, this is no, no, wonderful. No. Thank no, you. No, listen, I mean. We do kind of love the deep dive stuff because I, I know not everybody loves it, but but the thing that I think rationalizes this for people that don't really follow this is the is looking at the level of ridiculous obsession that Tom and I and like people mm-hmm. like us can kind of go into and be like, look, this is obviously not crazy harebrained fringe science. Like there's a no. mountain of data around any one of these topics, right? You can literally write multiple dissertations on any one of these topics. There's that any much data out there, right? Them. Right. And it's like, we're not crazy. We're just kind of obsessed and maybe a little bit. But, but, you know, and I think, I think, you know, the other part of it is, is how can you take that stuff and make it accessible? Right. I mean, you if people can't reach it. Right. Not everybody's going to go to school like you did, but they're still going to get the benefit of that knowledge. It just needs to be spoken in a way that's not talking down to somebody, just in a way that like, look, I get this concept. Right. And, And all of these natural functions that we have. Yeah, they can be very complicated on a cellular level, but. If you draw back and you look at the whole thing, you can really get to a, a, a common ground with everybody. Yes, I experienced that. Yes, I feel that. Yes, I understand what you're saying. And then they they own that, you know, and that's and that's really what I, I think you're doing with your book. And I think you're doing that with your practice, too. And I, I mean, that's amazing to hear. Yeah, it's awesome. So her, her site is premierwellness.com. Um, anything you want to leave us with, Dr. Susan? Just that your your body knows exactly what it needs at any stage in life. You know, no matter what anyone else says, listen to what your body's trying to tell you. Yeah, I think so many people just don't trust that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, so, well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming by today. Um, I, I thank you so much. I I, I hope to uh, see you again sometime. I truly enjoyed this. Thank you. Yeah. You thank bet. you. All right. Take care. All right.